But you know, one thing I love about Christmas is this time of year is this is the time of year that we can speak Christ's name in front of anybody we want, wherever we want, and say it repeatedly over and over and over again, guys, because every time you say Christmas, you're speaking his name. Amen. Glory God. That's I love that. I love that. And you know, um, how many of you how many of you came out Friday night? Or let me just ask this. How many of you enjoyed Friday night? And I know every, I know everybody couldn't have been there. And I want to say this. Uh, uh, I want to share something with you God put on my heart uh, yesterday morning. You know, he, he's gotten where he's changing my messages on me. And, you know, he's just keeping me humble and letting me know that he's showing me that I'm not doing this in my own strength. It's straight, strictly his anointing. And, and so he shifted us direction, in this direction yesterday. And we're not, we're, not going, we're not going on with the God wants you well. I think by now you know God wants you well. We'll continue to teach on that here and there, guys. And if you have any questions, we have plenty of books, and please ask. But, guys, and what, we do, what we're going to talk about it does apply to that in some degree today. But we're moving on. And as a matter of fact, let me go ahead and give you this title before I forget, because I'll forget, you know. All right, so everybody say Bulldog Faith. All right, that's the title for this, and just, I'm not going to talk about it for a minute. We'll get to that, when, and you'll be able to understand, because, you know, it may be a while before I get back to that particular uh, title of that. But um, Friday night was pretty awesome, and, and I wanna, I'm going to just kind of share with you guys uh, from my heart something that I learned from Friday night, okay? And uh, this is kind of... Uh, it was humbling for me to learn this. I mean, you know, I, I'm human just like you, right. right? I think just like you, right? We think about, I like to think that uh, I think maybe a little bit more in line with God's word because my job requires that, right? Not saying that I do, but I, you know, uh, but I want you to know I'm human just like you. And I think like you, I have feelings like you, I have emotions like you, I have reactions just like you. And it's just how we may deal with those things is maybe a little bit different. And so you're going to hear me pour out my heart just a little bit today. And it's not, and I'm not, I'm not excited to share it because it's kind of embarrassing, right? Because I shouldn't have done this, but I did. And, uh, and those of you thinking that I'm about to confess some big sin, that's not what it's all about. So go ahead and get, get your mind refocused on bulldog faith because it does tie to this. But, uh, you know, Friday night was a success. And there's, and I'm gonna, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to every person that made it happen. I mean, there was people that took off work. Uh, there were people that were there at one o'clock in the afternoon to start setting up. There were people that, that, that used their cars to haul equipment. There were people there that worked relentless. There were people there doing jobs, getting stuck doing jobs that they didn't actually know they were going to be doing. Poor Nanette got stuck right there behind the computer. Thank you for being a trooper and just hanging in there. You know, all the glory to God, you know. And there's one thing about it, guys is we know how to put on an event. Amen. When God tells us to do something, as small as we are, we do it and we do it well, right? Amen. Glory to God, we do. And we should pat ourselves on the back for that, right? Not any glory to us is to bring glory to God. And I want to tell you something. Uh, how do I get into this? Uh, I went home. Well, let me just remind you, it was a success, all right? Because, and thank you guys are all for showing up. But how many of you know it wasn't a big success uh, from the amount of people that showed up from the community? Right. It wasn't. Let's just be honest. It wasn't. There were, there were people that showed up, but not a lot. Not a lot. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I went home a little bit discouraged. I really did. I, I, and, and that doesn't, I usually don't get discouraged, but it was. And it was because I was getting a little bit fleshly about it. I was, I was basing the success, and some of you may have thought this, and some, some of you may not, but I, this will tie into what I'm talking about, and you just stay with me. Um, I was basing the success from I'm a businessman, right? I've had multiple businesses and managed different things. And, 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 and doing that, you plan and you plan for failure and how to fix that ahead of time. And you, and you plan and when you do events or you, create, you put things together, you do base the natural success of that off of how the turnout is from people or the response is from people. And I fell back into that. You know, naturally speaking, that's how we do 
uh, rate our success. If you, if you go and you put on a, uh, have a big singer and he comes to town and he puts on a concert, whether or not he's coming back to that town is going to be dictated by the number of people that come back, come to that concert, concert, right? So his, his success is determined by that, right? And you know, even though we do that naturally, guys, we can't do it spiritually. And I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit, God yanked my chain really big. And I'm going to read you what he told me because I was in the shower. And I'll get to that in just a second. And I'm going to read. And it was embarrassing kind of to me, but he really yanked me. Because I pouted like a baby Friday night when I got home. You shouldn't have. I mean, you know, we had a good time. How many of you know I was blessed from the worship? Y'all were fabulous, fantastic. Played for three hours straight. Man, we got to stand in his presence, and, 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 and it was fabulous. But because in my eyes I didn't see the large number, and I'm being honest with you guys, I was, I was, um, I was reacting out of the flesh is what I was doing, guys. But how many you know I'm human just like you? And I was pouting all night Friday night, and I was like, come on, God, we put a lot of work a lot of money. Somebody had to do the radio. We had to do the social media. We had to do the setting up. Thank God for Auburn AV for the help with the, with the sound equipment and all of that. And the guy, all you guys coming to run it and all of that. Glory to God. And so, and, and, and you know, I got so focused on the natural guys, I was forgetting about the spiritual, right? Because we're not in the business of doing natural things because this is a, even though there's a business side of church, but we are in the supernatural business, right? This is a spiritual business. And even though you can look at it from the, and you have to be able to balance the natural and the spiritual guys, but listen to me, our success of anything that God tells us to do cannot be based on what our natural eyes see. And this is what I'm learning, what God showed me. I already knew this. I preach it all the time, you know. But I mean, you know, all of us, we got, none of us are perfect, right? And, and uh, we're in the spiritual business, guys. And spiritual success is based on our obedience to do what God tells us to do and to watch his power make it come to pass. Amen. Amen. Now, he told us. He, he, he told us to put that event on, not in our own strength, and he made it happen, did he not? He provided the people, he provided the funding, he provided every avenue that he needed to do this. And as I was moping and pouting Saturday morning and got up to get in the shower, because how many know God can speak to you in the shower? He can't, I mean, seriously, you, it's the only place you can go and get completely away from the technology and from the phone and the, the television and all of that. And, and you can really, you know, spend time with him. You know, it's kind of like, hey, God, what you been up to? You know, I don't know. Anyway, but he, <laughs> that was kind of a bad picture right there, wasn't it? Oh, glory, God. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of getting around, but I'm avoiding reading to you what he told me because I was, I, I mean, guys, I was, I, I was, I was going at it the wrong way. And you may have thought this, and maybe you did. But I, w- I want you to learn from this. So that's the whole point. I'm, a, I'm just as straight with you guys, honest with you guys. I'm as real as you. You get to see my faults, right? Come on, I'm not perfect either. But when I was in the, and I was just kind of just moping around Saturday morning, and I got in the shower, and God just, all of a sudden, it rose in my spirit. Not that I felt that he was angry, but I felt that he was making a point. He was about to show me something. And not just straight up, not an audible voice, but it rose up in my spirit. And this is what he told me. He said, you of little faith, last night was a success regardless of the number of people present. He said, I will move a mountain to get to one person. I never told you to put on a show. I never told you to put on a concert. Rather, I told you to set a table for my presence through your worship to benefit who I intended it to benefit. Last night was about spiritual business, so stop judging spiritual things from a worldly perspective. Now, by this time, I'm down here. I'm like, oh, God, please, I'm repenting, glory. And he goes on and he says, just keep doing what I ask by faith, and I will continue to have my hand on you and on Compass Church. He ain't done. He said, where is your tenacity? Come on, this is where we're going to get to our bulldog faith in a minute. He says, stay strong, never wavering, never forgetting. He said, remember Psalms 119, 160. Pull that up because I didn't have that memorized. The very essence of your words, his words is truth and all his regulations will stand forever. And he wasn't done, guys. He said, practice what you 
preach. I was like, oh my God. Your pastor got a spiritual spanking from God right there, right? I'm trying to tell you, as a minister, a man of God, that's not, that's very humbling, but I'm not the one that's supposed to be getting that. But listen, I'm not perfect. God was yanking my chain. He said, I'll move a mountain to get to one. I just told you to do, take the step of faith, put the event on I told you to put on and allow my power and all of that to make it come to pass and it will benefit who he intends for it to benefit. Glory to God, whether it be one or whether it be a thousand. Glory to God. So I had to humble myself, guys, and I had to repent, and I had to set some things straight. But there was one thing I can say about Friday night. It was a, it was a success. I can tell you it was a success. God reminded me that it was a success. But I can say it from a place of faith. We talk about faith all of nine, all the time, but what we did, guys, is through this, we took God at his word. And that's what, that's what faith does. You take God at his word. And he said... We, when he told us to put that on, right, I believed, we believed, did we not? We, he confirms everything with us. We believe that that was from God without a shadow of our doubt. With, that's faith, without a shadow of a doubt. We took him at his word, his spoken word, right, because that wasn't written in any verse or anything. He spoke that to us to do that. He to, we told us, and once we believed it, we believed it was for him, and we believed the event was to benefit his kingdom, we acted on that word, on what we believed, and we took steps to bring it to pass. Come on. I hope you can see what's the picture here. And, and, and we did everything. And then we continue to believe for the event to benefit whoever God intended it to benefit. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And that's what we did, regardless of what our eyes see. Because 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us that we live by faith, not by sight, not by circumstances, not by what we see, not by our physical senses. Because sometimes the physical senses, what I saw in the room, come on, spoke to me unsuccessful, but what God was doing in the spiritual realm, it benefited those that were there. Amen. Shame on me. Glory to God. Glory to God. But listen, and I want to talk about I want to remind you of this, guys, because we took, we put our faith, we as the church, but really us, because God told us to do it, and you, he used you guys and all of us as tools to bring it to pass. We're all on the same team here. But we talk about faith all the time and putting faith, which is an unquestionable belief, or trust in God's word, right? We talk about it all the time. And we talk about it, and I'm always talking about his written word. But I, and I, I have failed you in emphasizing this fact. You cannot, or, or you are not to only put your faith in his written word, guys. And this is where we're going today. You have to learn to put your faith in his spoken word also. Because all this is, is words that he spoke to someone in the past who, who were impressed by the Holy Spirit, and then it got written and gotten translated into what it is today, guys. God is trying to speak to you you. And he's trying to get some people to move. And he's trying to get some people to do some big and mighty things. And glory to God, they're sitting in this room. And they're sitting all around our city. They're sitting all around our nation. He's trying to get all, he's trying to make some things happen. And he's wanting people to move to do it. So you have to learn his voice first, right? And if you learn his voice, and then you learn to put your faith in that word, because that's the same as the word that is written right there. You believe it, you act on it, and if you trust him completely, no matter what he's told you to do, it will come to pass. Glory to God. If he told you to start a business, and you know it was God, and you took the step of faith, you believed that word, you trusted him, and you continue to do what he tells you as you walk along, it doesn't mean that you're not going to hit a hard spell. But what it means is you will come out of it. You will come out victorious, and you will come out on top. Yeah. That is the process of faith. Yeah. That is how God intends on his body, his people, to be a success in this life. That's how we are to operate. Guys, glory to God. We got to learn how to do that if we cannot put our faith in what God is telling us to do, that's still his word. And let me tell you something. There are people that believe that God just doesn't speak to his people anymore. That was just for the, in the days of the Bible. 
But God's still speaking today, just like he spoke to Moses, he spoke to Abraham, just like he spoke to Noah. Think about what they had to do. They didn't have the scriptures in front of them. They had to take God at his word and just believe it. They couldn't figure it out with their own minds. Think about Noah. You build a boat because the flood's coming. What's a flood? It's never rained. How could you rationalize that? You can't. We got to operate the same way. Just believe what he says. Trust him and take the step of faith. Move. People don't move. Glory to God. Guys, if we don't learn to do this, people don't move and nothing changes. And you got to understand, the people from the past in the Old Testament, the stories we read, if they had, guys, they altered the earth. When you think about the step of faith they took by believing God, when Noah said, come on, when when he told Noah to build the the boat, what if he didn't build the boat? Now, of course, God would have found somebody else, but the point is, is they, by their faith in God's spoken word, come on, they alter. God's still trying to change the earth. He's trying to change our city, our state, our nation. He needs us just to believe him, trust him, and just move Move, glory to God. Guys, that's why we're called the hands and feet of Jesus. Glory, that's why we are called, and that's how God gets, brings to pass everything that he wants to happen on this earth. He needs you to move, move. Everybody say move. And guys, you have to have bulldog faith. This is where I'm going today. It ain't going to happen with little, simply little puppy dog faith. Now, I like a little puppy. Nothing wrong with a little puppy, you know. But you got to have some Bulldog faith. I mean, there can't be no quit in you. Come on, you know, and I'm going to tell you something. Did you, you, there used to be a, a trucking company. I, I think they're still at it. It was called Mack Trucks, and they had a bulldog that was stood on the, on the grill, I mean, on the hood of the truck. These are big trucks. And, and, you know, they were just known. They were not known for comfort. They were known for one thing. They were indestructible, and they were tough as nails. They wouldn't quit, and they'd get the job done. Amen. And that's got to be us. It's got to be us, not in our own strength, but in the strength of the one that lives on the inside of us. Glory to God. You've got to be tenacious. You've got to get some grit in your crawl, as John Wayne would say. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, the reason you have to have that is because when God tells you to do something, that he is blessing you and it is to bless the kingdom. That's why he wants you to accomplish whatever it is he's calling you to accomplish. And the minute he tells you to do that, there is an enemy called Satan that wants to steal it from you. And if you don't have tenacious faith, guys, he'll get it. He'll get it because the way he's going to steal it is through the storms of life, the tragedies of life, the circumstances of life. But remember, we just read 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith, not by what we see, right? But the enemy wants to bring the storms around you, bring the pressures. They will start to bombard you. And if you allow those circumstances to push you into some form of unbelief, the enemy has got you. He just stole your healing from you. He just stole your success from you. Glory to God. So you've got to be tenacious and not quit. Because the minute you have hands laid on you for healing, you may receive your healing. But the minute you get out the door of the church, the pain may start to come back. Why? Because the enemy's trying to steal your healing back from you. That's why you got to be bold. You got to be declaring what you believe. Believe. I believe 1 Peter 2.24 that I'm healed. That's what I believe. I'm not going to let that symptom come back on my body. Glory to God. This is how God intends on his belief. We're called believers to live, guys. Glory to God. We got to be like Paul. I love Paul. You know, just do, I encourage you, do a, do a study on Paul's life. Man, that's a tough dude, you know. I mean, he really was. But you remember when he was on, he was on the boat and he was going to Rome in Acts 27, I think it talks about, and, and it's pretty rough. You know, the boat's about to sink. It's, it's going through, you name it, waves and rocks and, and storms and just all of this. And, and, and I mean, the circumstances look bad. Looked like they were doomed, right? But Paul, look what he told the boat in verse 25, the guys on the boat in verse 25. He said, keep up your courage, men, for I have faith, complete confidence in God that it will be exactly as it told me. Now, I can only imagine how hard that must have been because they've been through days of this. You think the pressures weren't on to say, oh, we're doomed, we're gone. He never quits. 
And he was the one that kept encouraging him. Why? Because he had bulldog faith. He trusted God, that tenacity. He wasn't going to quit. Because then when you, when you do your little Bible study on Paul, you'll understand. He didn't quit. There wasn't an ounce of quit in him. Him and John Wayne would have got along real good, right? Glory to God. Listen, we have to have the same attitude, guys. We have to have the same attitude. Because when the storms come, and they're going to come, they're going to come. When they come, glory to God, you can't keep your focus on the storm. Your focus has to be on what you believe. You believe the word written and spoken. If God told you to find this career, go to this place for this career, what happens immediately? Well, you start thinking, well, they may not give me the job or somebody else may get it. Or, well, this is, the enemy starts working on you really quick. He starts getting in your mind. And, and if you've got bad friends, they'll be right there with you. Ah, you know, you'd probably want That's a long way to move. I don't know about that. that, that. But God told me to do it. Well, I don't see. I, maybe you're just missing God. You, come on. No. If God spoke it to you, it's for your benefit to not only benefit you, but to bless his kingdom in some capacity. Move. Grab hold of that spoken word. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it until it manifests in your life. And don't let the circumstances that the enemy is trying to put on you to steal that blessing from you. Take hold. Don't keep your focus on those circumstances. Bring them back over to God's word, which is bigger and better than any circumstance we ever face, right? We sing about it all the time, about his goodness, how big he is, how great he is. He's greater than any. God, do you believe it? Then act like you believe it. Glory, act on what you believe. Glory to God. Get that grit. Mm. I know I'm stubborn and I do have some grit. I'm very determined, Michelle will tell you. But I'm not as determined as she is, I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and Mama D and Pop will tell you. I already got. But this, listen, guys, this, this happens. This is the, the lifestyle of faith. This is how God intends for believers. It's based on believing. Believe in his written word, believe in his spoken word, believe in it. And guys, that's what he, how he intends on us to live, guys. And it's why we preach on it, why we teach on it. I want you to understand it. It's so important, guys. It's so important. And I want to I point out one really quick thing here, guys, that there's a big enemy to faith. I'm talking about real faith. And it's called head faith, right? Head faith, some people call it, some ministers call it mental assent, you know, some, basically it's mental agreement. All right. And I want to make sure you understand this because a lot of people operate in head faith, right? Head faith is where you try to analyze it with your head and you're trying to figure it all out with your head. Heart faith is when it's, whenever the scripture talks about your heart, it's talking about your spirit. It's down in you. It's a part of, it's ingrained. It's a part, that's when you, when it's here, the minute you need to respond, it'll instantly happen. But if it's up here, you're still trying to analyze it. Go back to Noah. How could he have analyzed that? He couldn't. It never, didn't, didn't rain. They didn't know what a flood was. Can you imagine the opposition he faced? Can you imagine? I mean, Noah was a little quirky anyway, right? Come on, study him. See, not speaking bad about him, just speaking truth. But you need to make sure that you're operating out of heart faith instead of mental, which is instead of head faith, which is mental agreement. I'm going to go through this really easy and try not to get excited here because I want you to understand that because this is a big one. Thomas had head faith. Go with me to John chapter 20. I'm going to read this out of the passion because it just gives a little passion. Y'all get so tired of hearing that. Go with me to John chapter 20, verse 24. Look what Jesus said, because Thomas had head faith. He operated out of head faith, and guess what? Jesus didn't commend him for that. Matter of fact, I can only imagine what Jesus was probably thinking. What? Are you kidding me? Glory. But look what he says right here, verse 24. It says, one of the 12 wasn't present when Jesus appeared to them, and it was Thomas, who was nicknamed the twin. So the disciples informed him, we have seen the Lord with our own eyes. Still unconvinced, Thomas, he's trying to rationalize all of this. How can a dead man come back? Oh, you know, what are you kidding me? Y'all don't know what you saw. He's trying to rationalize all this. Thomas replied, there's no way I'm going to believe this unless I personally see the wounds of his, the, the nails in his hands, touch them with my finger and put my hand into the wound of his side where he was pierced. Now, Jesus, he's going to show him something right here. 
Then eight days later, Thomas and all the others, when they're in the house together, and even though, even though all the doors were locked, now look at this, Jesus, I'm going to show y'all something. I'm not going to knock on the door and say, let me in. I'm not even going to open. I'm, I'm going to walk right through the wall and let them see him. I mean, he's making an entrance. He's about to make a point. Go over to God. Jesus suddenly stood before them. Peace to you, he said. Then looking into Thomas's eyes, he's making a point here, right? Get out of your head. Believe is what he's, what he's, what he's showing him. Stop trying to figure me out. He said, put your finger here in the wounds of my hands. Put your hand in the wounds on my side. See for yourself. Thomas, don't give in to your doubts any longer. Just believe. Thomas wasn't believing. He was trying to rationalize all of this. God just wants us to take him at his word and believe. Then the word spilled out of his heart. Thomas was he's pleading then, you know. You are my Lord. You are my God. But look what Jesus said. Jesus said, Thomas, now that you've seen me, you believe. But there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but have believed with me in their hearts. Believed in me with their heart. Believed without a doubt in their heart. They will be blessed even more. Woo, glory to God. Guys, Jesus said, they, Jesus, Thomas believed because he saw. Guys, anybody can have that kind of faith, whether you're a sinner or a saint. It doesn't matter, right? Anybody, if, if, if you know Jesus or not, if, 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 if a tornado comes through, you can easily believe a tornado came through, right? Because you saw it with your eyes, well, the damage and the and destruction of that. Right? Then God's got, I need you to get out of your head. I need, we are believers. We are to be set apart. We are, that's head faith. Believing what your physical senses tell you, Right? But we know in Romans that tells us that faith calls those things that be not as though they were. God told Abraham way back, he said, I made you the father of many nations. And Abraham's like, well, are you kidding me? What's going on here? Can you see the circumstances around me right now? But thank God Abraham believed that because we are his descendants. Woo, glory, glory, glory. Head faith. And Jesus commended heart faith in verse 29. He said, he said to me in verse 20, there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but have believed in me with their hearts. And they will be blessed even more. Glory to God. Heart faith means you accept whether God wrote to you, what God spoke to you, and you believe it in your heart without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what the physical senses tell you. The physical senses tell you you're sick. Naturally, you may be sick, but what do you believe? Because that's where your faith is, right? Do you believe 1 Peter 2.24? Act like it. Believe it. Don't allow those symptoms to keep stealing your sickness from you. Glory to God. Faith isn't driven by physical senses, right? For us, glory to God. Head faith is agreeing with God's word mentally. Mm -hmm. Amen? And listen... Let me just give you an illustration because people who operate in head faith, they read God's word. And this may be, because this was me, guys. It was me. It took me a while to grasp this, get revelation of this. They'll read God's word and they say they believe it. They believe it, you know, and then, and then the pressures of life come. Because, I mean, you know, the pressures of life hit every one of us. It doesn't matter who you are. But they don't act like they believe it. What do I mean by that? They'll tell you from, I believe the Bible from cover to cover. Sometimes they're just saying it to try to please the pastor or to try to please somebody. Say, I believe by 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes I am healed. I believe it. I believe it. But then sickness actually attacks them. Come on. It actually attacks their bodies. And then now their voice changes. And now, now they're, they're no longer saying, by his stripes I'm healed. Now the words coming out of their my, mouth is, by his stripes, I'm healed, but. Mm. See, they always want to throw a but in there. You know, I've heard a lot of ministers say, how big is your butt?" you know? <laughs> but I like to think of it as head, head faith is really, it's billy goat faith because it always wants to butt a lot, right? Oh, I'm, I'm believing God for my provision, but it hadn't arrived. But, I don't know how, I, but, 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 but. Come on, glory to God. Yeah. 
Come on, it's not. And the bad thing is if you've got the wrong friends around you, come on, they'll be right around there to support your butt and then give you their butts to go along with it. Well, butt this and, oh, I know you poor. And the, the first thing out of their mouth, and then you get to churchy ones, you know, they want to they want to play like they really believe in what God's telling them. They say, well, honey, I know you're believing God for your healing, but how do you really feel? You know, you hear that one, Right. Come on, listen, when you're going through a battle for your health and your healing, if you've got friends around you that can't connect and agree and believe it, you don't have to be mean and kick them to the curb like I do. Not, <laughs> just kidding. But you do, stay away from them because you don't need that to drag you down into unbelief so you won't keep hold of what you've received. Ooh, get them. Don't worry about what people think about you. You're fighting for your life in a lot of these cases. It's time to push them aside. If you need, this is why you need to be in a church that believes and agrees and can stand with you and lift you up and speak positive over you. Glory to God. We're not denying the symptoms or the problem. We're just not focusing on that. We're focusing on what we believe, which is what God told us, whether written or spoken. Glory to God. You know, head, believing, believing in God's word with your mind only, is you can do that. Right? You can do that, but it won't come into a reality in your life until you get it to a place where you act on it. Right? And think of it like this. You can sit here and say, that Earl could stand up here and say, you know, he, let's just say Earl never received Christ. And he read his Bible, and he said he could stand up here and tell you, oh, I believe salvation's for me. It's for me. I know it's for me. He could tell you that till Jesus comes back. But is he saved? No. Because it's not until he believed it, acted on the word, confessed and repented. Come on. Speak, spoke those words. Why we have to confess that you believe Jesus died and shed his blood for you. He was buried and rose again and ascended to the right hand. You have to act on the word, what the word says. It will never come in, into a reality in your life until you can act on it. Guys, and it's the same with anything we receive from God. Anything that he promises you, promises you can get it. If you act on that promise, act on what he said. Faith is an unquestionable belief in God's word that pushes you to act. You believe in something enough, you'll move on it. You will move on it. Guys, you just see some of these people that, that are trying to save the earth and this, that, and another. And that, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. I'm not, not speaking against them, but they will fight you for what they believe. They believe it. We got to be the same, just as tenacious. Glory to God. Amen. And let me just say this along, the, along those lines. There will be everything we need on this earth until Jesus comes back. Yeah. God's pretty smart. That's saying we don't need to take care of it, guys. Right? I know we get a little, some people get a little, little carried away with it. Right? Got to balance the natural with the spiritual. But there will be every more than enough until Jesus. God didn't make something that's going to fall apart before his time. Glory to God. It just wouldn't happen. Faith, an unquestionable belief that moves you to act. And it's not determined by circumstances or symptoms, right? No, it's not. We live by faith, not by sight. And guys, you got to understand, real faith is what changes the symptoms. It's what changes the circumstances from defeat to victory. Believing and trusting God. But listen to me. This is, a, this is something that everybody's got to understand. Because if you don't do this next little part, you're in trouble. It's not going to happen. You have to give that faith time to work. If it happens instantly, it's a miracle. But if it doesn't, then you've got to work it out. And it's called the process of fighting the good fight of faith. And you've got to give that faith time to work. Why? Because there's an enemy that's trying to steal it the very instant you're believing God for it. He doesn't want you healed. He doesn't want you to have that provision. He doesn't want that restoration in your family or in that, in that relationship. And immediately after you believe God for it, he's going to try to take it. But you've got to give your faith time to work. Time for it to manifest in your life. And you do that by keeping your focus on what you believe, which is his word, come on, and by continually keeping it in your heart and in your mouth. The last, worst thing you can ever do when the, the pressures of life come is start speaking the circumstances. You need to continually speak what you believe. 
If you believe you're coming out of your situation, if you believe $10,000 is coming in to help your family or whatever, or whatever, keep speaking it. I don't care what the family says about you. are in a fight for your life. Glory to God. Don't you give up. But you've got to keep his word, just like Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. Why do you want to meditate on it? Because you've got to get it in your spirit. Can't just get it up here. You got to get it down. And the only way that's going to happen is repetition. And people don't want to do that anymore. You know, Austin pointed out a great fact uh, Wednesday night when he was preaching. I'll put this off on him. That way, if y'all get mad, y'all can blame him. But he did. It was good. Very good wisdom. But he, he said, you know, the problem with society today is we've been programmed to with technology. The way technology is designed, we've been programmed uh, uh, to to receive information. Uh, but not to do anything with it. Is that what you, that was pretty much what you, to consume the information, but not to do anything with it. You know, because that's, people are so, they're consuming all the information so fast on their TikTok and this, that, and other, and they treat the church the same way. They treat their pastor. You just, I'm a TikTok video to some people, right? Why can't you go faster? I'm trying to throw, you know, I'm trying to get to the next one. So they're consuming the information. They are getting the retaining the information, but that's as far as it gets. Right? They're treating the church the same way. Don't, guys, this is an attack from the enemy. Don't allow that to separate you. I'm not saying you can't enjoy your technology. I do too, but just don't let it consume who you are. But you got to meditate on the word day and night so that you can get it in your spirit. And then it goes on. It says, obey everything. So you got to do what God tells you to do. That's very important. God said, do the event. We did the event. There were a lot of people that told us, why are you going to waste your money on that? It's not going to be a success. Do you know how hard it is to reach your community that way? Blah, 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 blah. Y'all are just a little church. I mean, multiple people told us this in ministry when we reached out to other churches. That's really sad that the early churches would try to shoot you down like that instead of getting on board and coming on board and try to help. Glory to God. But I didn't let any of that bother me. I kept doing what, obeying what God told me to do because gee, God will move a mountain to get to one. That's why we do it. We want to obey what he said and do. Glory to God. But we do that because it goes on to say, when you obey everything written in it, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. God wants you to prosper and succeed. Glory to God. But you've got to have heart, faith, and bulldog tenacity. Because the minute you believe for it, the enemy's trying to steal it. Yeah. Steal it. He wants every blessing. Everything that God's trying to bless you with. And guys, we got to have, we as a generation need to have, we've got to get this understanding of putting our faith in God's spoken word. We've got to do this, guys. We have got to have bulldog faith. And I, when I was putting this together, you know, we talk about Hebrews chapter 11, right? And, you know, we talk about it every now and then. It's called the the hall of faith. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and pull that up. I may read that whole chapter to you. <laughs> this is important though, guys. This is, we need to have Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read this out of the New Living. It's a little easier to read in case I do get carried away here. I won't say carried away. Because if, if we, we need to, you need to grasp this. Because we need to have faith. This is, this is an entire chapter about men and women who operated with bulldog faith. And they changed the world. They changed the world. That should never stop. Should never stop. God's still trying to change the world. He's still, and he only does that and works through us. Ordinary people. This, this whole chapter is full of ordinary people that had that bulldog faith. They operated in faith and they accomplished things for God's glory. We need to be the same way. They didn't have the scriptures written before them to simply, not all of them, to, to simply put their faith in. These were the prophets. These were, this is where it came from. They had to take God at his spoken word and then move a mountain and change the world. That never, God never intended on that to stop. What stopped it was the enemy getting in our head and saying, you can't do this. You're not going to be able to do it. That won't come to pass. It'll be too hard. And people falling into unbelief instead of believing what God's telling them to do. Glory to God. But let's read verse, beginning of verse 1 out of the New Living. 
Every time, I, every time you're going to see I, how many, it's amazed you how many times it says by faith, somebody did something. Verse one, it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for, for it is the evidence of things we do not see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. Now, let me, let me stop right there really quick, because that verse is important to understand in context what he's saying right there, because this is such a good chapter to do a study on. What he's saying right there, in the days of the old, the people in the Old Testament, back in the day, because they lived by faith, everybody, not just the people that they're going to be illustrated, they accomplished a good report. They accomplished some stuff. That's what he was saying right there in context. Verse 3, it says, by faith, we, this is how it says, by faith, we as a people understand that the entire uniform universe was formed at God's command. That we now, what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. God spoke it into existence. God saw it in his mind. He spoke it. It manifested. Same principle for us. We believe it in our mind. We speak it out of our mouth. Glory to God. And if we speak it long enough and we believe it long enough and don't allow the circumstances to drag us over here into unbelief. Come on, that's how the enemy's going to steal it. Come on, if you keep speaking and keep believing, it'll manifest. It'll manifest. And there's a lot of variables, guys. You've got to make sure you're doing what God's told you to do. You've got to make sure you're connected to him and all of that. Now, this isn't a magic trick thing that you just do it one time. Right? Verse 4, it says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel, Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gift. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. We're learning from the men of the past and the women of the past, right? And he goes on, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. But for before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And this next verse is so important. Verse 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. Right? God wants you living by faith. And he goes on to say, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and believe that he rewards those that sincerely seek him. Listen, if you are in a financial situation and you need provision, you need to grab hold of that verse. And you need to believe. Are you sincerely seeking him? Believe that he's going to reward you out of this situation. Glory to I grabbed that one many times, many times. There's so many, though. Glory to God. It goes on, it says, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. Woo, think about that. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and received the righteousness that comes by faith. Verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave a home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Talking about going by faith. Woo! Back in the day, man, they, they, they were some tough faith dudes. I mean, you know, God just said go and they said, okay, I'm going. Don't know where I'm going, but I'm going, you know. Uh, that never happened today. People, it should, but people won't happen today. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. Here we go again, living by faith. We are to do the same. For he was a, like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith, here we go again, that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. He told her, you're going to have it. And she, she believed it. She grabbed hold of that and said, I'm not letting it go. And it came to pass. She believed that God would keep it. How many of you believe God will keep his promises? Come on, you've got to believe his promises. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Glory to God. Let's jump on down to verse 17. It says, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Now, I mean, 
if Abraham had to try to rationalize this out, he never would have done it. He could not figure this out. God said, this, through your son, your descendants will be counted, right? But yet, I want you to kill him. Does that make any sense? No, you, in your natural mind, it doesn't. But Abraham believed in God, what God said. He reasoned that if Isaac died, God would just bring him back to life again. And he responded. Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. In a sense that Abraham did. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future of his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. By faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. And he goes on, commanded them to take his bones when they left. Keeps going. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share in the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. I mean, you know, that was a tough present. I mean, tough decision. Verse 26, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of the Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for ahead for his great reward in heaven. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. Moses was a man of faith, guys. Not fearing the king's anger, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on one who is invisible. He kept his eyes on God, not on the circumstances, not on the situation, what God told him to do. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and sprinkle the blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. See, you can't rationalize these things out. Well, God told me to do that, right? So y'all need to do that. Can you imagine trying to rationalize? If he just tried to reason it out, he never would've, it never would have happened. But he took the step. He believed God and told him. And these things changed the earth. It goes on. And he goes, it says, by faith, the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed. For the people in her city who refused to obey God, she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? He's like, are you, are you getting the pictures? What he's saying, right? It would take too long to recount all the stories of the prophets. And he goes on verse 33. He says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. That's how we receive God's promises, by faith. And this, this is what they did. They shut the mouths of lions, clipped the flames of fire, and escaped the death, so forth and so on. Guys, I hope you're getting the picture. By faith is how God wants us to live. And God is trying to do some things. He's trying to restructure our city, restructure your school, restructure your family, restructure this nation, restructure this world. He's trying to get some people to move. And he just needs you to take him at his word. Believe him when he tells you to do something and move, not in your own strength, but take a step and let the door open and the blessings start to fall. And when the pressures and the circumstances come to steal, do not keep your focus there. You keep your focus on the word that God spoke to you when he told you to move and told you to go. You kick all of that aside. You rebuke and resist the devil as the scripture says. Woo, glory to God. And you keep going. Keep going. All of these people received a word from God and obeyed it. It wasn't a book. They didn't go get a uh, well, I'm about to say somebody's name. They didn't get a big name book because there are some big name ministers that have a lot of now, these new new ideas and about how you need to live your life and this and that and other. And, and, and this, listen, you don't need to get a, a, a self-help book. You just need to take God at his word, what he wrote to you and what he's speaking to you. And if you don't know his voice, glory to God, you've got to get that down pat. It's just that still, small voice on the inside, that unction to move or not to move, glory to God. You'll begin to sense when, when God's speaking something. It'll rise up in your spirit. And it'll get into your mind. You'll be there so boldly and you'll know it's God. And you'll be like, wow, just like I did Saturday morning when he spoke to me. But these people got a word from God and obey. They, and the first thing is they knew they heard from God. So you got to know you heard from God. 
And regardless of the opposition, regardless of the discouragement, regardless of the odds and the circumstances and everything that was against them, all of these people, they took that word and regardless of all of that, they knew that word was from God, so they refused to let go of it. And they believed it until they saw it fulfilled in their life, just like God spoke it to them. God wants to do the same with all of us in small ways and in big ways. Glory to God. You've got to have bulldog tenacity because the enemy's going to be trying to steal it from you. I mean, you just think about Noah. He had one task. Build a boat. It's going to rain. It's going to flood. Build a boat, right? And I want you to, uh, I'm, I, you know, you've got to think about, just think, these are ordinary people, guys. Ordinary people. Ordinary. Just, we're ordinary. I'm ordinary. I won't call you ordinary. Somebody may take offense to that. But we're all ordinary people, right? They did it. You can do it, Right? Please don't come to me and tell me that God told you to build a boat. <laughs> Glory to God. But seriously, you can do this. We need to be just like them. They were just ordinary people that took his word. Noah said, God said, build a boat, a flood's coming. They no one no idea what a flood is, but I'm going to build it. He did it. And God, God said, the world's going to be destroyed. I want you to collect two animals. I want you to get on board. And I want you to hold on for the ride of your life. Now, how crazy is that? Naturally speaking. But Noah believed. Aren't we glad Noah believed, right? Cool, glory to God. And because he believed what God said and he determined in his heart to stand on that word regardless of the opposition, regardless of the circumstances, glory to little old Noah, crazy Noah. I don't know if he's crazy, but he was a little different, I guess. Little old Noah, he completely altered history for mankind. That could be you. That could be any of us. That could be, there's business people. Man, there's, there's CEOs. Come on, there's ministers, doctors. You name it. You name it. In this room, great ministers. This is a room full of great ministers. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Noah, you can alter history. God needs you to alter history. He needs them to write stories about your testimony in a book, you know, 20 years from now. That talks about how his goodness and how his power brought to pass great and mighty things to bring all glory to him. Glory to God. That's what he needs, but he needs you to move, move, take the step of faith. They heard a word from God, believed it, stood on that word without giving up, and they saw that word come to pass. Guys, you can be just like Noah. Isn't that kind of cool? You'd be just like Moses, just like Abraham. Hey, you know, that's kind of cool. If you want a child, you can be just like Sarah. I firmly believe that. You can be just like Sarah. Amen. I don't care what the doctors are saying. Believe. Believe, believe, believe. If you believe what God has told you to do in your heart, if he told you you're going to have a child, you'll have a child. If he told you to start a business, you'll start a business. If you believe with your heart, if you believe without a shadow of a doubt, then you know that you're doing what God told you to do. Guys, you can see your business change. You can see your family change. You can see your city change, your school change, your restoration. You name it. You can see this generation change. We can as a people. Glory, glory, glory. Guys, God is trying to reshape this generation. He's trying to reshape families. He's trying to restructure, reshape some things. But he needs a good, a few men and women of faith who will take him in his word, who will believe what he's telling them without a shadow of a doubt. Not just believe it, but who will move and act on that belief. Act on that belief. Not, not to do it in their own strength, but trust in him to bring it to pass. And he'll do it. He'll do it. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Let's pray.